0: morning. It's great to have you here at CFA and to come together to worship the Lord. And wasn't that just great worship? And thank you, Pastor James, for sharing and the announcements. And thank you for you, for your faithfulness in giving to the church. Well, today I want to talk to you about when worship replaces worry. You know, we're living in such Challenging times, aren't we? But these challenging times brings challenging opportunities. Now, when we're in the midst of those challenging times, we, we think that nobody has experienced anything like we have been experiencing here today or these past several months. But the truth of the matter is, is that there always has been Events in our world today that have been, well, life altering experiences in our human race. Now, when I look at COVID 19, I can't see anywhere in the Bible that talks about that specifically. But I do know that the Word of God talks about life changing experiences. And that's why I I want to continue on with this series on dealing with all things new, dealing with the life of the disciples after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Well, today I want to introduce you to two people. And they are on uh, this journey in life. Life has been so exciting, so renewing, so uh, rejuvenating for them, but all of a sudden, They're on this road to Emmaus. They're walking away from Jerusalem. And and let me remind you that Jerusalem was the capital of the Jewish people. And it was a city of God. It, It represented promise and represented purpose in the presence of God. And now they're going to this insignificant town called Emmaus. And the real meaning of that name, Emmaus, is obscure and despised. Now, I want you to get a a picture of this, is that they're walking away from a city that, that represented purpose, the experiencing of God, the presence of God, to a city that is obscure and despised. Now, what I want you to do this morning is I want you to get your Bibles open, turn to Luke, the 24th chapter, verse 13 on through verses 35. I want you to keep that open because I am going to be referring to those verses throughout this whole morning. And, and I, I have all the trust that you're able to do multitasking. You could listen, you could watch his broadcast, and you could look in the Word of God to see that what I'm saying is true. That's being a brilliant. They, they be sure they checked on what the prophets were teaching that it lined up with the Word of God. I want you to see that this lines up with the Word. So lay that precious book on your lap. Now what we see here is two disciples. Now they're not the original twelve. But they were disciples. They were followers of Jesus. And their one name is Cleopas. Now, the other name, we don't know who that was. I kind of like that because maybe we could put our names in there and to identify what these two men are going through. They, they had expected so much more than what actually happened. They seen Jesus performing these miracles. They heard his magnificent teaching. Can you imagine sitting at the feet of Jesus or out on a field and listening to Jesus, the Son of God, teach? Wow. Some, well, they had, something happened that, well, they really didn't well, expect, unexpectedly, Everything began to change, and they didn't have a clue what was going to be happening. They were broken hearted all their dreams were shattered and can, can I say this as maybe we could identify with this a little bit? They were exhausted. oh, so are we. They were feeling empty. boy, this whole corona nineteen uh, covid nineteen thing it's just Drains us, doesn't it? And they were feeling trapped that they had no idea where to go, what to do next. They were just going to Emmaus. Does that describe any of us? Here are these two disciples. They're on this road. And they, the, the one that they loved so, so dearly was gone. They, they probably watched the whole aspect of his crucifixion and seen him mocked and spit upon and crucified. Uh, they seen that where they were one time, they were calling out to him, Hosanna to the son of David and, and, and acknowledging him as the Messiah. And then he was crucified. Wow. I believe as they walked with the... Um, to Emmaus, that maybe their shoulders were hunched, they were looking down at the ground, and, and they were confused. What in the world are we gonna do? In, in that scripture, there in Luke 20, uh, 24, is that we see that uh, they made a statement. That statement is, We were hoping. Hmm. You know, human hope is so very fragile. In fact, hopelessness is a disease of the spirit, which really it's hard to cure. And, And what happens is that when that happens to us, we erect these walls around us that we don't want anything else to come in to hurt us anymore. We, we don't want to hear any negative. We, we don't want to hear any, uh, be discouraged any longer. And we build this wall around us. Well, they may have done that. You, you see, because when they said we had hope, maybe what they actually were saying, we have, our ex, uh, have more expectations. But now they weren't met. And now we don't expect anything or very little. Maybe this road describes the one that we are on. Uh, maybe it describes that how we are feeling. And are, are you trying to figure out what in the world is going to happen next? What's tomorrow? Next week? Next month? What what is out there for us? Who now? But as they're walking in this journey, <laughs> who shows up? Jesus. Shows up in all their confusion, and that they didn't even know that he was there. They didn't even recognize him, and and maybe it is because of all the burdens that they were experiencing, and 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 they were focused on the tragedy more than the resurrection, the victory.
1: <laughs>
0: there was there was a little boy and. He was telling his mother, he says, mommy, I, I, I know the name of God's son. You know, she goes, wow, that's great. What is the name of God's son? He goes, well, his name is Andy. Andy, she says, where in the world did you get that name Andy for God's son? Well, I got it in church, mommy. Well, how did you get that in church? Who said that? Well, we sing about it. We sing, Andy walks with me and "And Andy talks with me. Andy tells me I am his own. Well, I don't think the disciples, these two disciples, forgot Jesus' name or had it mixed up. But this, what I do know is that for some reason, they were restrained from recognizing him. You see, it's it's not always what we see around us is truth. It's what we know. And I believe that Christ wanted to walk with them because he wanted to show them that he cares about what is going on in their lives. He cares about what is happening in them. And do you ever feel wondering, does he really care about us? Well, Let me give you several things to prove that he does care about what's going on right now in our lives. One, he knows the journey we are on. Jesus knew exactly the direction that these two men were walking as they were going to Emmaus. He wasn't surprised. He wasn't shocked. He wasn't disappointed. He knew exactly where they were going. Now here's what I absolutely adore about Jesus is that he cares so much that he didn't wait for them to come to him. He went to them right where they are. He cared about what was going on. Jesus knows just where you are and what journey that you are on. And he wants you to know that He is there. He promised never to leave you, never to forsake you. He's there. And here's what is amazing. The Son of God, yes, Jesus, He goes out of His way to be with us. The amazing thing is He pursues us. He cares what's going on because he knows the journey in which you are on. You're not in this journey alone, my friend. The second thing is that he knows what's on your heart. Clearly, Jesus knew what they were thinking. He knew what was happening, yet he asked them some questions. What is going on? And they looked at him as though, are you from another planet? Don't you know what ever happened? To, to Jesus, the Son of God, that he was crucified. See, he wanted to hear their hearts. He wanted to hear what they were thinking. Jesus' death was not in vain. It was a purpose to bring salvation to mankind. But notice something else about this: how this describes Jesus is that they were talking to him about he is a prophet. And that his words are so powerful. And yes, he is. But that's not only what Jesus is. He is the son of God. And that he came to take away the sins of the world. Yeah. You know, when he was describing himself to these two disciples, it had to have been amazing to them as he opened up the word of God. Josh McDowell gives his opinion on what Jesus says of himself. He says, he's one of three things. He's a liar, or he's a lunatic, or he is Lord. Well, we proclaim that he is Lord. But, but here's what, what these disciples were doing. They were talking so much in past tense. And sometimes when we're relating to the Lord, And what's going on in our lives right now, we're reading that word as though that he is 2,000 years away from us. He is nowhere near us. I want you to understand that he is there. Jesus uh, is present with us today. He tells us in Matthew 18, 20, where two or more are gathered together in his name, that he is there in their midst. The almighty son of God. Is right there. He's right there in your living room, in your kitchen. He, he's right there, the very presence of everything that is going on in your lives. Listen to this, church. He really does care what's going on. And, and, and he wants to make this personal to you. He he wants you to know that He's aware of your suffering. He's aware of your fear. He's aware of your worries. But He wants you to be aware that He came and that He's risen from the dead and that He is here for you in every aspect of your life. Because He promised never to leave us and never to forsake us. He is here. Now get ready for this. Jesus just doesn't want to hang out with us. He wants to be involved. In fact, he wants to be, well, invade our life of what is going on in our lives. He he wants to be in in every aspect of what is happening, the good, the bad, and the ugly. But here's one thing. It boils down to this, is that are we going to allow him to do that? Or are we going to allow him to be a part of what is happening? We, we kind of think that, oh, I, I don't want him to know that I'm doubting him. I don't want him to know that I'm upset. My friend, he's aware of what's going on in our head. <laughs> you know, in Luke 24, verse 25 says, Oh, foolish one, and slow to heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. See, maybe You doubt God's love and concern for you. But I want you to know He is there. He knows what's going on in your heart. Talk to Him about it. But here's the third thing that is so important. Let's know that He really cares. Is this, that He knows how to relaunch our hope. By large, we, we live in, in, in an environment around us now that we have almost forgotten what hope is all about. It's, it, we give a new interpretation upon it. It's like I would say to you, I'm only going to preach 10 minutes today. And you would say, I hope so. But the truth of the matter is, well, you know that's not going to happen. Uh, you're much smarter than that. Or, or we, we take that hope, and, and it's not a hope, it's more of a wish. I wish this would happen. It's like you're driving in a school zone, and, and you're going 15 or 20 miles, um, miles per hour over the speed limit, and you see a car pull behind you, and the lights are flashing, and you're saying, I hope they don't pull me over. Well, that's more wishful thinking, because they are going to pull you over. Biblical hope. Is a confident expectation. It's that anticipation that God is going to do something. See, faith isn't frivolous. Faith is real. In fact, Hebrews 11 says, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. You see, we, we, it's more than uh, that I, I have hoped I know that I could trust and what he wants to do within our lives. Sometimes that hope that we have is that we, he does it our way and our timing. But his way and his timing is much different than anything that we could expect. See, if in 1834, Edward Mote, he wrote a song that spoke to This very thing in 1834, he wrote, our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. If your hope has been taken a hit because of all the events that have been happening on your journey and your willingness, remember that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Forever. And, and as often that we're wondering where he is, I, I want your eyes and your ears to be open to realize that he is here and he wants to turn us around. And, well, for those two disciples, to take taking them back to Jerusalem. I want to turn you around and all of this confusion that you're going through. And I want to take you back into the Word of God. I want you to experience that rock-solid truth that He has given to you. You see, they they thought they were walking into that, that city of obscurity or despair. But what He wants to do is to give you purpose, promise, and experiencing the presence of an almighty God. See, this road that we're on, even though it seems like it's desolate, it has endless possibilities. I'm so excited for what God is going to do when he says all things work together for good. He even meant this. He didn't say that this was good. He says all things work together for good. God is going to do something magnificent. And this is a time for you as a follower of Christ. This is a time for us as the church to rise up and know that he is about to launch us into a whole new experience. I I sent out a text to my board and my staff recently, and I'm saying, I am so praying for you because we're about to experience a 21st century Pentecost. You see, it's his word we could trust. It is where confusion will become clarity. Discouragement will be turned to hope. Darkness will become light. And worship will replace Worry. That song I was talking to you about, it goes on and says, "I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but only lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. You see, the disciples' hope at that time was relaunched, and he wants to relaunch. This hope in your life of knowing that he is able to put that, turn that worry and replace it with worship in him. I hear people say, sometimes I really think that it's never going to be the same again. Here's what I want you to know. It's out of Hebrews 13, 8. His word says, he is the same yesterday, today And forever. Yes, life changes. It brings us our challenge. But one who is always, was, is, and will be is there in your life to take you through this journey. See, this is far more than wishful thinking, this is life and all of its fullness and all of its abundance. I'm going to pray for you. Well, I'm going to pray for that fullness of God that will be upon your life. I'm going to pray that if you need that renewed faith, that this is opportunity that God is able to give to you to trust in Him, to invite Him once again to be a part of your life. And the second thing is I want to pray for you that He will replace that worry with worship in your life.